the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Friday, December the 8th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today on December 8, 1941, the United States entered World War II as Congress declared war against Imperial Japan a day after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Today in 1765, Eli Whitney, he was the inventor of the cotton gin and many other very productive things. He was born in Westboro, Massachusetts. Today in 1949, the Chinese nationalist government moved from the Chinese mainland to Formosa as the communists pressed their attacks. We know it as Taiwan. Today in 1980, Beatle John Lennon was shot to death outside his New York City apartment house by Mark David Chapman, who claimed to be a fan. Man, I'm glad I don't have any fans. Today in 2001, the U.S. Capitol was reopened to tourists after a two-month security shutdown. We all remember that. Today in 2008, in a startling about-face, this Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he told the Guantanamo War Crimes Tribunal he would confess to masterminding the September 11 attacks. Four other men then also abandoned their defenses and confessed they too had helped pull it off. Today in 2016, John Glenn, whose 1962 flight as the first U.S. astronaut to orbit the Earth, made him an All-American hero, propelled him to a long career in the U.S. Senate. He died in Columbus, Ohio. He was 95 years old. Yesterday we were talking about how the government is involved in censorship and monitoring citizens of our own country. Oh, I know it's done under the banner sometimes of freedom and security, national security and so on. I understand all that, but we talked about this on the program at some length yesterday. Well, there are headlines in some of the major news, conservative-leaning news organizations today that are talking about the same thing. A whistleblower has reportedly brought to light startling revelations about the Pentagon's involvement in a domestic censorship program as detailed in newly disclosed files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, CTIL. That's one of the organizations that we talked about yesterday on this program. Public reports that, according to the whistleblower's files, the Cyber Threat Intelligence League previously thought it to be an independent entity, was heavily influenced by the government and military personnel. The involvement is far more extensive than previously known, as evidenced by Slack messages and other internal communications. That's what we were trying to say yesterday, and now it's being said in a lot of places, and I'm so grateful because we need to know about that. The Bible's pretty clear. Proverbs says, The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge. And the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Galatians chapter 4 verse 16, it says, 
Paul writes, I am therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. That's a question. And he goes on to talk about the truth and how people don't want to hear the truth. And he said, I've become your enemy because I'm telling the truth, the gospel, and you don't want to hear the truth. And that's kind of a thread that runs through human nature. We don't, we kind of want to know the truth, but we don't really want to know the truth because it brings with it certain, a, a certain degree of responsibility, at least to decent people. And most are decent. The ones that we see on the news every night are not for the most part, but they're not the majority of people. It's interesting about what we see on the news. There's a Pew report out this morning, Pew Research Center. They say that audiences continue to shrink for traditional news outlets, including newspapers and network news. That's uh, this new uh, Pew Research Center analysis is uh, based on data from uh, Comscore, the Alliance for Audited Media, and a couple of others. A smaller share of American adults, they say, are closely following the news, down from 38% in 2022 from 51% in 2016. The declines, Pew says, as a result of their research, the, the declines have been felt across all age groups, so older people still consume more news than younger folks. Well, that's why we're smarter. I mean, you're smarter, you older folks. Nearly two-thirds, they say, of people 65 and older tell the Pew Research Center that they closely follow the news. Just 19% of those 18 to 29 years old say the same thing. Weekday newspaper circulation, counting digital subscriptions, has dropped 32% in five years. If you take out the digital circulation, it drops way more than that. Uh, they're not doing that. It, that's favorable to the newspapers, but some of the newspapers don't deserve to be favored. But nonetheless, that number is, is very, um, it's, a, it's a very, very good number for the newspapers. Behemoths, the big ones, the mean ones, the people that are arrogant to a fault, like the New York Times, even the Wall Street Journal to some degree, although I like the Wall Street Journal. I mean, I, I learned stuff there that I wouldn't see in other places. But they've mitigated some of their print declines with increases in their digital subscription. So they're making a transition from, you know, getting your newspaper at your front door and reading it while you drink your coffee and so on. They're going now more online, and that's helping them some because from what I could see in this Pew Research Center analysis, they did include some of that, not all of it, but some of that in the readership and, and the circulation. And I think that's probably fair. But the newspaper as we have known it is in steep decline. But uh, this comes with a caveat in this, and, the, and that some of the digital prescriptions in the New York Times are limited to cooking and games according to the Pew Research Center. So that would skew the number in, to be completely transparent. And perhaps surprisingly, traffic to the most visited websites, which aren't limited to traditional newspapers, has declined over the past couple of years as well. A Pew Research Center found that the average number of monthly unique visitors, that unique visitors means one guy. Like if I go on site XYZ, 
and I read, 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 and I do a lot of that. Then I go away and I come back later and I, I say, oh, I'm going to, I want to look at that again because I want to talk about that tomorrow or whatever. Um, that's not counted. When I go back the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth time, whatever, a unique visit is the first visit in a certain block of time, whatever that is. And I'm not sure what time frame they're using now, but it's, it's more accurate really. Cause I mean, they could set a robot on there and they could have 10 million viewers or listeners um, and that's what they're avoiding, among other things that would distort the, the news, the, the outcome, the data. But um, surprisingly, the traffic to the most visited websites aren't limited to traditional newspapers. And so that, that is the point there is that it has declined over the past several years. Pew Center also found that the average number of monthly unique visitors to those, it was 3% lower in the last quarter of 2022 compared to the previous year. And that was on top of a 13% drop the year before. Around 3 million TVs turned uh, tuned into ABC, CBS, and NBC, and Fox Evening News in 2022. That's just an average, but that's about where they where they fall. And I mention that from time to time, that the average number of viewers is around 3 million. Honest. Now, you see other numbers reported, but honestly, it's a, it's around 3 million. And in 2016, it was around 4 million uh, for the main ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. But the declining audiences for local TV access is, is I mean, it's un, you, you cannot... <laughs> Put it under, sweep it under the carpet or under the rug, as they say. There is some good news in this, and I wanted to share this with you. I, I think there will be people in the radio industry that will be happy to hear this, uh, if not from me, I mean somewhere. Um, old-fashioned, Pew discovered, this is their words, not mine, old-fashioned AM, FM radio, which, of course, is not all news content, still holds a large audience but it's fallen while podcasting has gained much larger audiences. But they found that research found that about 82% of Americans listen to traditional radio in a given week. That's down from 92% 10 years ago, but it's still very, very strong. Meanwhile, 42% are monthly podcast listeners. That's up from 12% a decade ago. Now, the podcast listeners, are they circumvent radio or television, for that matter, and go streaming or go on the Internet. But it's still very strong for, for um, radio. And I would say for Christian radio, it's particularly strong because Christianity is a loyal audience if the person they're listening to is legit. And sometimes, if they're not, they listen and... They ought to be. That's why That's why we make a big point here out of talking about be discerning and vigilant. But Variety, Variety this summer reported that the broadcast and cable TV dropped about 50% for total TV usage the first time while streaming shares reached a new high. As Robert Thompson, he's a director of this Blyer Center for Television and Popular Culture at Syracuse University. He gets quoted quite a bit, actually. 
And um, he said that viewers and listeners have an overwhelming number of options this day. That's part of it. Of course it is. I think we all know that. He said every time a new streaming service comes online, they do not add two hours to the day. Now, that's that's a good good comment, and it's true. The more that's on there, I mean, there used to be, you know, two or three. I remember growing up in Yakima in the Yakima Valley. I remember when television came to Yakima, there was one option. And I think it was KIMA TV, and if, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, you didn't like sit and say, what do you want to watch? And everybody had a different opinion. You watched TV or you didn't watch TV. And we've, of course, traveled many miles since then. But nonetheless, the media is changing dramatically today in our world. And I think we should be aware of the change but I think we should also be aware of the of the delivery systems that are delivering truth or delivering product to you, content that is valuable. And radio, certainly, I mean, Christian radio is a part of the bigger scheme of radio, but it certainly is a part, and it's very important. And that's why... After years of being on television daily, uh, I think radio is 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 better. I I think it it's more useful, particularly to Christian um, broadcasting, and I think that it uh, it is something that will be with us. I don't think it's going to go the way of most media nowadays. And it's, I don't think it's going to be replaced. I think it will be here for a long time, personally, and I hope that it is. But uh, anyway, until 1993, uh, or 1963, rather, uh, uh, Network Nightly News was 15 minutes. You may remember that. I do. I was a very, very young man then. Then it went to a half hour. Then in the 1980s and 90s, CNN came on with their 24-hour cable news channel. That started vying for our attention all the time. It was just on nonstop in every airport, in every wherever you went, where, they, where there was a TV playing, it had CNN news on it. And that was a change point in media as well. And, of course, others came, and later Fox, and they became, and are, I guess, still pretty dominant. But in TV from broadcasters and cable outlets, you have to wonder if they're living on borrowed time as far as the TV part of it, not the radio part, but the TV part. This Thompson, he said, the answer depends on how far out we're looking. And then he said this, he said, but in the grand scheme of things, yes, TV broadcasters and cable outlets are living on borrowed time. I thought that was very important. I thought you should know about that because radio is important to us. You're listening and I'm talking but it's very important to us. I want to thank you for standing with us financially on this program. We uh, need it. We don't accept commercial advertising on our website, which is widely read and widely circulated. And uh, we don't accept um, commercials on this program. And there are people who want to advertise in this program, in the body of this program. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm honored, but it's not that I don't believe in, in in the market. I do, and I believe in capitalism. Uh, 
controlled in certain areas, but capitalism, because that's the kind of the basis of our economic system in America. And I'm all in on that. But the reason we don't do it is because you lose control of it, particularly on the website. You lose control of it and there suddenly advertisers are showing up there. I know there are, there's loose control, but it's not it's not effective. And advertisers are showing up on your website that I just don't agree with. I wouldn't if they were on our website. And I see them on other Christian websites. And I know they're getting a good amount of revenue from that. I mean, I understand that. Believe me, I understand it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just explaining that we don't do it because I have this sense that if the public isn't supporting us, me, financially, then maybe we need to go fishing. Um, That's just where we're coming from. And you have been so gracious in supporting us about what has it been, 10, 12 years now that we've been on this radio program. So thank you so much. And I, I mean that from my heart. I look at the names. I know the names that support us. And it's a good list and it's growing. And I want to thank you for it. And I would encourage you as we come toward the end of the year that you stand with us in particular. If the Lord would lay something on your heart that you should do financially for this ministry, um, it would be deeply appreciated. Thank you. And we're looking forward to next year. We have to make some decisions about which stations we're going to be on next year going forward. The ones that that aren't paying the bills in, in their area. Christian radio is very expensive. And so, you know, there's some that we may not be able to continue with. We'll take a look after the first of the year, the first week, actually, after the first of the year and see what we do. But thank you for standing with us. And if you feel that this program is um, making a difference, if you feel that it's important, thank you for considering, prayerfully considering standing with us financially. If you don't feel that it is, then don't. But thank you for your consideration. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I talk a lot about education on this program, as you know. Well, the Oakland teachers, I know most of you don't live in Oakland, but Oakland teachers, they held an anti-Semitic teach-in. Even the school administration got nervous about it. They said, this isn't authorized. This isn't authorized. But it went ahead, and it always does. Anytime a public school gets caught doing something very, very bad, they always say, well, we're going to work to see that this never happens again, blah, blah, blah. And then they just go on doing what they were doing. That's true in a number of parts of our culture, but particularly in education. But members of the Oakland Education Association, the union that represents the teachers in Oakland, California, Unified School District held a pro-Palestinian teach-in on Wednesday for children ages 4 through 18, presenting anti-Israel and anti-Semitic materials to the classes. When I saw this, I I thought, what? It didn't surprise me, but I thought, why are they, I mean, I know why they're doing it, but how could they be doing this? They, they want to push abortion on our little kids as soon as they're through puberty. They want to push LGBTQ plus AI, XXX, whatever, on our kids from kindergarten. They want to push transgenderism. They want to push gender identity. They want to push all this stuff. And now they're pushing anti-Israeli stuff, which the Bible is very clear. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who don't, won't. I mean, it's very, very clear. And they're teaching your children 
I know it's just one district, but I promise you it's, that's happening in other districts. It's a matter of probably days, and these stories will start to come out. But they're teaching them to hate Israel. That's anti-biblical. That's anti-religious. We see public education once again as the banner carrier for indoctrination, not education. Misery. That's why they're miserably failing. I'm all in on education, but I do not support public education anymore. It is a behemoth. It rolls and grunts below the surface of a culture that it's destroying from the underside. The kids are coming out of those places for the most part, not educated, but deeply indoctrinated. They come out with a degree, but all they know how to do is protest and, and take a stand against the foundations of this nation upon which this nation was built and prospered and became the richest, the, the most free, the most prosperous nation and the most charitable nation in the history of the world. Local Fox News station in Oakland said from Gaza to Oakland, teach-in was organized by several members of the Oakland uh, Education Association who said it was a chance to expose students to diverse viewpoints and teach them about the human tragedy in Gaza. Do they have any interest in the human tragedy in Israel on October 7th? Not really, they don't. That's the problem. So it shows what I wrote an article on this, and it's on our website today. Uh, there's a picture of uh, one of the little storybooks there that for these smaller kids, and it shows a little kid holding up, you know, a V with his two, his index, his middle finger, uh, like a V for victory, peace, or whatever it is, with an older man there, and it and it the the narrative or the 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 message on that particular page is mostly a picture book. But the message there is, I is for intifada. Intifada is Arabic for rising up for what is right. If you are a kid or a grown-up. Next page. That's what they're teaching, these little kids. It's much more in-depth with the older ones. One storybook published probably, I would say, third or fourth grade, maybe kindergarten through fourth. I don't know. But it's... uh, it's got pictures. It shows a teenage uh, youth, a, a guy, sitting on uh, rubble in Gaza looking at the destroyed buildings. And it says, 2005, Israel withdraws from Gaza. 2007 to today, Gaza under siege. 2008, 2012, 2014, 2021, 2023, Israel attacks on Gaza. You get the drift of where this thing is going. One side from the curriculum uh, describes Israel attacks on Gaza, which were conflicts started by Gaza attacks against Israeli citizens, civilians. The current uh, conflict is included as an attack on Gaza, though it began with a horrific terror act on Israel. This is how it goes. I, and it's not, it's on this subject, and that this is extremely important, <clears throat> right now and always. But that's the way they do with every issue. They simply present a lie. And they win people's emotion who are uninformed. They don't know the people. They don't They don't get it. I mean, they just look and say, wow, I saw that in the newspaper or whatever. I saw that online. I read that on TikTok. It must be true. 
it's kind of sad. I mean, I don't think any of us want to be Einstein or something, but I mean, we, we've got to be informed. Another image from the curriculum that was shared by this Fox affiliate, this K2VU2 in Oakland, featured a Jewish caricature with the arms of an octopus, a common image in the anti-Semitic propaganda that was put out by Nazi Germany. Other books and, and materials, they were likening the Jewish people to the octopus. Other books and materials described Zionist bullies. They praised so-called Palestinian resistance, which was included which has included terrorism against Jewish and Israeli civilians. This is going on not only in Oakland, it's going on in Seattle. Big rallies, Portland, all over the place. Everywhere there's a leftist leadership, you'll find these rallies, and some of them are huge. Mostly they're misled. Some of them don't care. They just hate Israel because they don't like Israel because that might be religious or whatever. One activist who went by the name Violet, she said, she told the, the TV news, she said, Israel militia displaced her Palestinian grandmother in 1948 when the state of Israel was founded, and she's she's marching, she's protesting on behalf of her mother, her grandmother. Well, I understand the sentiment with her grandmother, because we have grandchildren, Marjorie and I do, but man, I mean, other speakers denounced the Israeli government and even encouraged students to boycott companies based in Israel. The New York Times sort of tiptoed into this. They said that the, the teach-ins and organizers claimed the curriculum was a corrective to mainstream education materials that, to, that take a pro-Israel view. Much of the recommended content came from pro-Palestinian activist groups and advocacy groups, however. The East Bay Times said that, the, that 100 teachers participated in the one-sided incendiary event. I was surprised that they even used those words, but they did. The East Bay Times. Despite complaints from the Jewish community that it would stoke anti-Semitism, and dis- despite admonishments from the school board that it was authorized, unauthorized. Well, this is just the beginning. As Judy Greenspan said, a long-term substitute teacher at Oakland's United for Success Academy, she, it's a middle school on 35th Avenue, the paper says. No district has a right to try to muzzle a community. This is their, um, this is their explanation of why they're doing this. No district has a right to try to muzzle a community or to stop our students from seeing a more rounded picture of what's going on. These coloring books and all of these things that I just mentioned to you, there's many more, all of them are geared toward indoctrinating a child against Israel. That's why these young kids are out there beating up on people and things and burning and busting and putting their lives on the line in some cases for these causes because they are idiots. They haven't been educated. They've been indoctrinated. Once again, the left is trying to muzzle and censor the right by claiming the truth is the deception and the deception is is the truth. That's where we are in our country today. The greatest, the most blessed, the most prosperous, the most free nation in the history of the world. Nyla was, is a 10th grader at Skyline High School in this district, the Oakland district. 
she declined to provide her last name, but the, the phrase free Palestine is commonly heard among students. She said, I feel like the bare minimum you can do before you talk about it to a bunch of students that are impressionable is to do, uh, this is a 10th grader, to do your research. She said, it, it got irritating because a lot of people don't know the basic stuff about Hamas and what's really going on in Israel. So true. They don't. That's why we try to inform from a biblical perspective each day. Thanks for joining me today. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.